uh, I wanted to switch gears uh, just a little bit and uh, look at 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter number 1. So we'll be talking about the importance of missions, the importance of missions and sharing uh, the gospel, not only here, but ultimately around the world. And we do that here at Rinkin Baptist Temple through Faith Promise Missions. And uh, that's what these Faith Promise Mission cards are, are a promise each week or each month uh, to give uh, not part of your tithe, uh, but to give above and beyond your tithe uh, to missions. And so we support missionaries all over the world, and uh, we're able to do that because of faith promise missions. And so when the Bible says to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, the world is bigger than Effingham County, right? I hope you know that. Uh, the, the world is bigger than Georgia. Uh, the world is bigger than the South. The world is bigger than America, okay? The world means the world. And so when he says to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature... That means more than just here. It means here, right? I mean, it means to go here. It means to go to our neighbors. It means to go uh, uh, to our co-workers, our, our family, our people in our, in our um, uh, neighborhoods. Uh, but it also means uh, uh, to get the gospel into the regions beyond. And there are some places that um, have a lot of missionaries. And there are some places that have no missionaries. There's a, there's a missionary term called the 1040 window. And the 1040 window is where the most populated people are and the least amount of churches are. And one of the reasons is because it's a very dangerous place. A uh, very dangerous place to go. Very dangerous place. Matter of fact, many of those places in the 1040 window are against the law to share the gospel. And, um, but uh, uh, God didn't say it was always going to be easy. This idea that everything's going to be easy is, is, not a, is not a biblical concept. And so uh, sometimes things are difficult, sometimes things are hard. And um, if uh, we're not going uh, to another country, if we're not going to another place, uh, then we need to be giving so that others can go that God has called to the mission field. And so, uh, as we reach the regions beyond, John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. So Jesus Christ came, died upon an old rugged cross, was buried, rose again the third day, shed His innocent and perfect blood so that we could have life and that we could have it more abundantly. On the third day, he rose again. He's at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says he's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. And so Jesus Christ died so that we might have eternal life. That's what John 3.16 is all about. And uh, that's what we should be sharing with others because if you believe, then you have eternal life and you're not condemned. If you do not believe, the Bible says, the Bible does not say that you'll one day be condemned. The Bible says you are condemned already. 
This is what the Bible says in John chapter number 3. And so uh, there's only two sides of the fence, folks. You're either saved or you're lost. I mean, there's, you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. There's no in-between. There's no waiting area. There's nobody, I say this all the time, and I think you know what I mean when I say it, there's nobody that is being saved. You're either saved or you're lost. It's instantaneous. I'm not working towards my salvation. Now, don't misunderstand me. I get it. Some people plant, some people water, and I sometimes, in a sense, it's a process in trying to lead someone to Christ. But when you're saved, it's instantaneous. It's not something that you, that you have to work on. It's not something that you have to do. It's not, a, it's not a process. You're either saved or you're lost. Listen to me. I'm either on this side of the, the aisle or I'm on this side of the aisle. Okay? I'm, I can't be on both sides. And I'm not going to try to stretch my legs over and, and, and tear a hamstring trying to try. But listen to me. You can't be on both sides of the fence, right? And so we've got to understand one side or the other. You're either saved and you're not condemned or you're lost and you're condemned already. And so uh, uh, that's what John 3 that we've been talking about is saying. But I want you to understand something in 1 Peter. It's also in the book of James, but in 1 Peter chapter number 1, I want to talk to you about the importance of of reaching the regions beyond because of the brevity of life. Because life is short. Here in the United States, the life expectancy, I didn't look it up, but the life expectancy is pretty good in the United States. Do you know in other countries it's not so much? The life expectancy in many other countries shrinks exponentially when it comes to uh, when it comes to age, I was just talking uh, uh, the other day with somebody who was telling me uh, about um, about their uh, about their mother uh, uh, who just passed away, and um, she said, "Boy, she was doing everything on her own. She had her mind still. She everything was going great, and but she was ninety years old." Now, can I say something real, real kindly? We're not meant to be here forever. Not in these bodies, okay? So sooner or later, like, like my, my Ma Baker, my, my, my stepmother's mother, we call her Ma Baker, we call her Ma Baker and Pa Pete. And Pa Pete, he, he had passed a long time ago. Ma Baker's, uh, she's the one I told you who was starting to do bad, and they were telling me, you know, she's not doing so good, we have to put her in assisted living, and she went into the assisted living, and she took over the whole assisted living. Answering the telephone, planning parties, I mean, the whole nine yards. And she's in her upper 90s now, and, uh, and, she's, and she's still going. And every time they call me and tell me, yeah, she's on a downhill climb, I'm like, yeah, sure, right. And so, I mean, she, I mean, but sooner or later, right, sooner or later, this body wears out sooner or later, sometimes sooner than later. But at some point, the Bible tells us this, it's appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. So barring the rapture of the church, we're all going to pass 
through that valley. We're all going to go through the valley of death. But I want you to understand something. Not everybody makes it to 90 or 100 years old. Matter of fact, a lot of people die young. The brevity of life. People are dying at a rapid rate. And what are we doing about it? How, what are we doing to reach the regions beyond? Look what 1 Peter says. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 24. For all flesh is as grass and all, the, uh, and all the glory of men as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. What is 1 Peter 1 verse 24 saying? Time is short. That's what James is saying when, he's, when he talks about the, the brevity of life, when he talks about what is your life, it is but a vapor, it's here for a little time and, and then it vanisheth away, it's gone. How many times, listen to me, how many times have we said time flies? I told a mama came in for wee ones, and of course, we see these, we see these mamas come in every year and, or twice a year, and we see these kids, uh, we see these kids grow up right before us, wee ones. And, and uh, they're walking up the walk, and I said, I said, I'm telling you something. And I told this little girl, I said, every year you get a year older. She looked at me. Her mama, her mama goes, mm-hmm. She looked at me like, that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but we get it, don't we? I mean, have you ever done this? Have you ever had family and you hadn't seen them in a while and the next time you saw them you thought, what happened? Because isn't this true? This tends to be true. Now, maybe not true for all of us, but it tends to be true. Everybody else is getting older except for us. <laughs> I'm the, you know, if, if you're now 25, there's no way I'm 50. That's what I tell Kyle, too. I tell Kyle all the time. You're 24, but I'm still 34. I don't, I don't know how that happened, but it did. And uh, so we, we look at people, and boy, time just goes by so fast. And there's no stopping it. There's no slowing it down. Listen to me. You can get work done, and you can make your face look younger, and you can make your body look younger, and you can, but it doesn't change your age. <laughs> There's no getting an extra year. There's no going, well, how many times do we sing happy birthday to somebody and say, how old are you? I'm, I'm 30. Still? Even 30, 30 years. You know, why? Because we just, you know, we don't want to think that we're growing older. Why? Because the older we get, the closer we get to the grave. Now, I know that sounds morbid, but it's just the truth. The farther we go this way, the farther away from over here we get. Now, listen, I'm glad there's no rewind button in life. I don't want to go back. I blew it pretty good the first time. I, I don't want to try it again. I mean, I'm glad I made it to where I've made it. When I was a, when I was a young person, I, I, I kid you not, I, when, I thought, when I thought of 50, I thought you were one foot in the grave. 50 years old, that is old. I mean, old. Now I'm thinking about 50. And I'm thinking, I know, right? Now I'm thinking, come on now. 50 is pretty young. 
right? I mean, still got a long, I still got a little ways. Now I'm thinking, you know, 80, 90 years old. Now that's kind of, you know, that's a little bit older. Why? Because it shifts, doesn't it? Every year we get older, it shifts and it shifts. Now I'm not saying that's true for everybody, but I want you to know something that is true for everybody, the brevity of life. The brevity of life. We're only here for a little while. That then this life vanisheth away. Death is all around us. We see it all the time. We hear about it all the time. Do you know it's a universal problem that's always been a universal problem? It's kind of like um, it's kind of like cancer. You know, cancer's always been around, but now with social media and with the push of the button, everybody knows about it. Everybody just couldn't know about it before. You ever thought about, Kyle, we were, we were bringing stuff into Wee Ones, and, and, and we always go in because Kyle collects, he collects movies and he collects Disney stuff, and, and, uh, and, and we were in there looking around, and he saw a Wii. You remember the Wii? Listen, it didn't seem like it was that long ago, but it's like an antique now. It's like a collectible now. And some lady was selling the weed. You know, snatched it up, took it home, you know, and they said, I'm, I'm buying this. And uh, he, he gets it, hooks it up, and he said, I want to see if it works. And we were playing tennis. I love the Wii. But do you ever see anybody play the Wii? It's absolutely hilarious. You ever seen the graphics on the Wii? Like, Kyle's got a PlayStation 4, and the graphics are going to PlayStation 4. I mean, you're playing a shooting game, you can see the, the blood splatter on the, on the, on the uh, screen. It's, 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 it's horrific. But the, the Wii, you're this little short thing with legs that are about that leg, and you throw the ball up in the air, and wham, and you're hitting. Don't be around anything. I mean, you go back, smack! You smack somebody in the face because you're coming back up to hit the... And I'm telling you, we had so much fun playing with this old Wii. I told Kyle, I said, listen, bud, once upon a time, when I was a kid, when I started getting older, they just started introducing the Nintendo. When I was a young kid, I played with the, the game that had one joystick and one button, the Atari. Remember that one? You know, and they, I mean, times, cha- things change through the years. People change through the years. But I want you to know something that doesn't change. Death. Doesn't change. I mean, that is one bullet that none of us are going to dodge. Now, barring the rapture, okay, I, I get that. I, one, at one day, the rapture of the church is going to happen. The dead in Christ is going to rise first. Uh, then we which are alive and remain. I hope it happens when I'm alive. That would be awesome. But I don't know. And, and by the way, if somebody tells you that they do know, walk away because they have no idea. They, they, they have no clue. The angels in heaven don't know when the rapture of the church is going to happen. So, so, but that's going to happen. But until that happens... Death is going to continue to happen. And we're going to continue to get sick. And we're going to continue 
to deteriorate in these bodies. We're going to continue to have pain and we're going to continue to have suffering. And I'm, I'm not trying to be morbid. I just want you to know something about death. There's some things about death. Number one, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's unavoidable. It's appointed on the man once to die. It's absolutely unavoidable. You can take all the pills you want. You can do all the right eating you want. I was in the store. Oh my goodness, I was in the store. And me and Kyle went into, went into, I think you guys call it Beals around here. I've never heard of it. We call it Bells. But anyways, the, the store up there in the, in, the, in the Goodwill parking lot. And uh, we went in there and we were looking around and we, we got a couple things and we're in line and there's a candy. I can't eat candy. And we're being recorded, so I'm going to tell you that I never eat candy. But I can tell you something right now. If candy was this, you would never have to worry about me ever eating candy. So we go with this, and I pick up this bag. It's this big bag of candy, and it looks really weird. And it was, it was gluten-free, sugar-free, and vegan. I said, what in the world is that? What? Whoa. I almost bought it just to see what it tastes like. Yeah, have, have you seen the new Cokes that come out? Do you buy any of them? We, every one that comes out, we buy one and taste it and throw the rest of it away because they're garbage. They taste like garbage. And so we see these, all these things that come in, right? All these new things that come in. Everything that happens in, in life keeps changing and changing and changing. And you can be vegan and you can do this and you can do that. I remember years and years and years ago. I remember the story being told. Billy Kelly. Anybody ever, ever, ever hear Billy Kelly preach? Anybody ever know who Billy Kelly is? Billy Kelly's a great, big preacher. But man, he could preach. One of those camp-style preachers. I mean, he could preach. Well, they'd go and eat together. Um, him and... Um, man, I just lost his name. He, he had the... Um, he had the, the children's homes. Lester Roloff. So him and Lester Roloff were, um, were eating together. And Billy Kelly, I mean, it was breakfast. He had loads of baking with grease falling all over the place. Eggs, I mean, he had this. And, and Lester Roloff was a huge um, eat, eat right fan, the whole nine yards. And he'd tell Billy Kelly, you are going to die of a heart attack. And looking at Billy Kelly, you would believe that he was going to die of a heart attack. He said, and Billy Kelly said, I want to outlive you. And oh, he had that old raspy voice because they used to preach without a microphone. And I mean, just preach until sweat would come down and Billy about pass out. He used that old one. Oh, I'm going to outlive you. Let me tell you something. Billy Kelly did die. But Lester Roloff died before Billy Kelly died. You know how he died? In a plane, in an airplane crash. Can't predict it, folks. You can't predict it. it no, now I'm not saying you shouldn't eat right. I'm not. Don't don't say I'm not saying that. You and you and you should do whatever you feel. Like. But let me tell you something. When it's your time, it's your time, because it is unavoidable. Number two, not only is death unavoidable, but death is unpredictable. It's unpredictable. 
You may have plans. Listen, I have plans to the end of the year. Don't you? I mean, I got plans. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing this. I can tell you I'm going to be doing this. And I've got it on the calendar. I've got missionaries coming here. I've got VBS here. I've got camp coming here. We've got family vacation coming here. I've got all these things planned out. I might not make it till tomorrow. And with we ones here, it's a pretty good chance I'm not going to make it till tomorrow. Edit that out. Don't, don't put that in there. Why? Because, you know, we don't know, right? It's absolutely unpredictable. We have absolutely no idea uh, when, it's, uh, when it's coming. It could be tomorrow. It could be 50 years from now. We have absolutely no idea. Any moment, anywhere, at any time. You just don't know. Do you remember what God told the rich man? In Luke chapter 12, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. This night. What if God told you, this night your soul shall be required of thee? Are you ready? I mean, are you ready to go? Are your affairs in order? Let me tell you, the first thing you better be ready with is your salvation. You better know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you're going to go to heaven when you die. Why? Because you might go tomorrow. You might. Listen, how many people take a Sunday nap? Oh, you got two hands, because let me tell you something. I don't never miss my, I almost, it has to be an emergency for me to miss my. And usually it's way too long. Usually I lay down and I'm going, oh my God. And then, I, then I'm up to like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, Monday morning, because I can't fall, can't fall asleep. I love my Sunday naps. Do you know you could fall asleep on your Sunday nap and not wake up? I know this kind of probably, some of you are thinking to yourself, what? move on, preacher, I get it, we're all going to die. You know why we want to move on? Because we don't want to think about it. Do you know why people go on, don't want to go to funerals? Because they don't want to think about it. That could be me. Can I tell you something? That's going to be you. Sooner or later, it's going to be, and we need to be ready. We need not only to be ready ourselves, but we need to see the importance of other people being ready. That's what reaching the regions beyond is all about. That's what faith promise is all about. That's what soul winning is all about. It's going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. Why? Because death is unavoidable and death is unpredictable. We just don't know when it's going to happen. Then think about this. Death is unavoidable and it's unpredictable, but then for, this, for the lost, death is unbearable. This idea, I want you to get it out of your mind. This idea that you die and that's all is not biblical. It's not biblical. This idea that you die and depending on how good you were, you, you come back as something else, reincarnation, is not biblical. And I'm, I'm glad it's not. And some of you might turn into a sloth or... You know, an ant or a rhinoceros who wants to come back. You know, I mean, what, I mean, depending on how you... No, that's not biblical. This idea that when you die, you just go back to the dust of the ground and it's all over with is not biblical either. 
When he's talking about going back to the dust of the ground, he's talking about this body that goes back to the dust of the ground. But we're going one of two places, and the lost are going to eternal damnation. Do you, I want you to understand something. We all have eternal life. We're all living somewhere forever. And for the lost, it's unbearable. This isn't a place where we go and have a party. This isn't a place where we go and meet our buddies and get drunk. This is a place of torments, the scripture says. Torments, plural. A place of fire. Have you ever been burnt? Man, I'll tell you something right now. You ever grabbed a pot? The edge of a pot and boy, it burnt your hand. You ever been to a Mexican restaurant? And they come out with a plate and say, don't touch it, it's hot. And you touch it. It's just human nature. It, just, it's just, it can't be that hot. And you don't have any fingertips left? Oh, yep, I guess it was that hot. Okay, I'm going to tell you, can you imagine that feeling and worse over and over and over and over for all eternity? Think about it with me when Moses was in the desert, and he walked, by this, he walked by this bush, and this bush was burning, but it wasn't being consumed. The bush burning wasn't a big deal. I mean, there, 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 it, was, it was often so hot, things would combust and catch on fire, but they would consume, right? Because that's what a bush does. It's, it, it consumes and goes away. But this bush was burning and it wasn't being consumed and God spoke out of the bush and it was miraculous. Think about that with me. A, a fire that burns but doesn't consume. A place where the worm dies not, the scripture says. This is, a, this is an unbearable place. You should never want your worst enemy to go to this place. This idea, this, and I don't mean it in, in, in a, cussing, uh, a cussing way, but this idea that people would tell people to go to hell, you have no idea what hell is like. If you're going to tell people that they need to go there, or you're wishing that one day you're going to go there. You have no idea what it is. Hell was never made for, for man and, uh, 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 mankind. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. And Jesus Christ came. This is, it drives me crazy. People say, well, my God would never send. Listen to me. You're, you're God. What are you talking about, you're God? Listen, the God of the Bible has provided every single possible way for you to spend eternity with him. If you go to hell, it's because you've rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've rejected his love. And you've rejected his salvation. He's not sending you to hell. You're sending yourself to hell. And it's a place that is unbearable for the lost. Absolutely unbearable. There are two judgments that are coming. There's going to be a judgment that happens for the believer while the tribulation period happens here on earth. The Bema, or the judgment seat of Christ, will be happening in heaven. We'll be standing before God. It will not be a determination of our salvation. Well, that had already been determined. That's why we're at that judgment, okay? 
But then there's another one. It's called the great white throne judgment. And all those that are lost will stand before this judgment. It'll be a judgment without mercy. It'll be a judgment without grace. And all those that go before that judgment will be cast into the lake of fire, Revelation says, where they'll they'll live forever and forever and forever. There's a lot of speculation on this. So I'm just giving to you a speculation. But the Bible says that God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. And I just wonder if we'll be a witness to the great white throne judgment. There'll be some tears if we are of people that we've known. People that are in our family. People that maybe we've had an opportunity to witness to and didn't. People that were in other countries and other places and there were missionaries that were willing to go, but there were churches that weren't willing to send them. Because a six-pack of Coke was more important than somebody being saved. A, a, A new phone was more important than somebody being saved. We're in a society, listen to me, we live in a society who is concerned about keeping up with the times. Keeping up with things. Let me tell you what the phone company has successfully done. They have successfully made your phone to work for a certain amount of time. And then it starts glitching. Then all the things you got used to using, now don't work anymore. That's by design, folks. Because now they want you to upgrade your phone. It's only $1,700 for a new phone. I mean, it's that, why, why is that a big deal? $1,700. But don't worry, because you can pay it over monthly payments. No big deal. Isn't that what the credit cards have done? Isn't that what all these places have done? You come in, oh, listen to me. You can't afford this bed. That's okay. You can pay this bed. Pay it over 30 months. Hey, you can't afford this? Pay it over over 60 months. It's no big deal. We got this copier. This copier was $3,500. Some people think, oh my gosh, that was so expensive. Do you know the copier that we bought before this copier was like $4,500? And it it didn't do anything. This copier is $3,500. Does wonders and blunders. I mean... It does more things that I can even think about. And he said, you can, you, can, um, you can go ahead and pay it up front, or you can pay in monthly installments. I said, what are the monthly installments? He told me, by the time I was done, I was paying $5,300. I said, sir, why would I want to do that? Well, some people can't. You know, well, well we can. And so, psh, here you go. And so, but that's what, listen. Let's draw things out. Let's make this. Let's let's do. Let's let's make things more difficult. Let's spend more money. Let's keep up with the times. You got a phone? Has anybody ever asked you this before? How many people have an old phone? I mean, less than a ten. Yeah. Okay. Somebody ever asked you? Some of you don't care. Somebody ever asked you? Oh yeah. What kind of phone you got? I don't have a phone. You know, for years, for years, I refused to get an iPhone. For years, I had a flip, flip phone. I loved my flip phone. Bloop! All it did was call people. 
And if you wanted a text, you had to go A, B, C, D, E. And remember that? Some of y'all remember those, right? Hey, yeah, ain't nothing wrong with it. I can tell you, if I could have it, I would. Uh, but yeah, and then you want to hang up, you close it. But now, as soon as you get the iPhone 67 or whatever iPhone they got now, let me tell you, you get that iPhone, next week, iPhone 68 is coming out. Right? Because keeping up with the times, keeping up with the times. We're more worried about keeping up with the times than we are worried about souls. And we are worried about spiritual things. Church and prayer and reading God's word. When's the last time you sat down and spent some time with the Bible? When's the last time that you got on your knees and you really prayed for somebody? Not just for yourself. But prayed for somebody else. Prayed for, uh, prayed for John Flowers. He's one of our new missionaries. John's over in Taiwan. You want to talk about a difficult place? John, I pick, if John, you ever watch this, I love you, buddy. But I'm going to tell you something. When he said he was going to Taiwan to reach the Chinese, I said, John, you know you have to, you have to learn Chinese. John will tell you, if you're standing right here next to me, he'd tell you, he had a trouble with English. Still has trouble with English. I said, You'll, Chinese is one of the hardest languages, a level five language. There's only five levels. Level five language, hard language. He's over in Taiwan reaching the Chinese. To listen to him with a southern twang speak Chinese is awesome. It's just awesome. When's the last time you prayed for John Flowers? When's the last time you prayed for any of your, our missionaries, our people that are across the, the regions trying to reach lost souls? Too often, we're too busy to do spiritual things. It, it will be unbearable for the lost. Solomon asked a good question. Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter number 6 and verse number 9. Listen, listen, to, this, listen, to, this, uh, listen to this question. From the man of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse number 9. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Do you know what the world has done? You know what the devil has done? He has lulled us to sleep. He has rocked us to sleep. And he's figured out what it takes. Probably takes a little bit different for all of us. You want to put me to sleep? Put on a Hallmark movie. I'll be out in five minutes. I'll wake up at the end of the movie and tell you the whole movie because I've already seen a Hallmark movie. You only have to see one to know the plot of all of them. And so you put, it'll put me right out. To give me a book. I, I never read. I very rarely read at night. I'll be up all night. It won't never put me to sleep. I mean, I'll read and read. Some of you can't stand reading. You just read one page one sentence, and you're snoring. Okay? Let me tell you what the devil's figured out. He's figured out how to put us to sleep. He's figured out how to put the church to sleep. He's figured out how to put families to sleep. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something that's changed in our world? Parents aren't raising children anymore. Children are raising parents. Absolutely blows my mind. We are, we are in the parking lot. Kyle and I were in the parking lot. And this mother was trying to get this 
eight to 10 year old into the, into the restaurant. She said, we're gonna go, we're gonna go eat with Pow Pow or P whatever, whatever, whatever they call me. Everybody calls somebody somebody different, but whatever she said, I can't remember what it was, a grandparent. He said, I won't go. We were fixing to go into the restaurant, and Kyle said, no, we got to watch this. <laughs> she was just saying, and he was screaming at her and yelling at her, stomping his feet, running out into the parking lot. I mean, the whole nine yards. I mean, I, there were several times I started walking that way, and I said, no, no, it's not your kid. And we got into the restaurant, and Kyle said, Dad, I can't even, I'd be walking with a limp for a week. I cannot believe. Because let me tell you something. That's the, the, the world has changed, folks. It's changed. But I want you to know something about God. He hasn't. Salvation hasn't. The Word of God hasn't. Let's get serious about reaching the regions beyond. And then let me give you the last one real quick. It's not only unbearable for the lost, but then it's unbelievable for the saved. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Can you imagine? Do you have an imagination? Some of us have an overactive imagination. Some of us, like me, I, I like C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien, and I love these people that did the Chronicles of Narnia and, 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 and all these different realms. And I just, I, I, I've always thought. I mean, every wardrobe I see, I open up. So I mean, it was just, maybe it would be so cool to walk through the wardrobe and end up in Narnia. It's not going to happen. I get it. But I have this overactive imagination. But think about this. Think about dying one day. When we die and we're absent from this body and we're present with the Lord, think about how it's going to be. Think about the crystal sea. Think about the gates of pearls. Think about the streets of gold. Think about the loved ones that have gone on before. Think about seeing Jesus face to face. We're always arguing. What does Jesus look like? I saw a manger scene the other day. <clears throat> it had, it had a, a, a black guy and it had a white guy and baby Jesus was Anglo-Saxon. I'm thinking to myself, what, we've got all the... What, what? Jesus was Jewish. He was not white like me. Yeah, bothersome people, but I'm just it's the fact. And I'm thinking to myself, we have no clue. But one day, can you imagine when we see Jesus and we see him face to face? Do you imagine when we see uh, uh, our loved ones face to face? Can I tell you something about heaven? It ain't going to matter what color you are. Ain't nobody going to go, oh my goodness, I can't believe she did her hair like that. <laughs> I mean, did you see those shoes she was wearing? It's not going to be like it is here, right? It's not going to be like it is at church. I mean, we're going to be going, and we're going to have a focus. We're going to have a laser focus. What is that laser focus? We're so concerned about our mansions. Whether we get one or not, the Bible doesn't even tell us. So hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. Do you know it's not going to matter? I hope you understand that it's not going to matter. Why do you think Jesus talks about, why do you think God talks about streets of gold? What are we going to be doing on the streets of gold? We're going to be walking on them. Right? 
It's not going to be, that's not, those things are not going to be important. How much money you have, what you have on your mantle, all these things aren't going to matter. Well, I can't wait to get into heaven. I'm going to decorate my... No, it's not going to be that focus. What is the focus? The focus is going to be on Jesus Christ. He's the focus. He should be the focus here. You know, if he was the focus here, you wouldn't be worrying about everybody else. If he was the focus here, you'd be sweeping around your own porch. If he's your focus here, let me tell you something. Church would be important, and, and, and Bible reading would be important, and prayer would be important, and reaching the regions beyond would be important. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. And I'll look into his wonderful face, the one who saved me by his grace. What a day. What a day that'll be. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning, you're not saved. You've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Can I tell you this morning that God loves you? He loves you supremely. He loves you sacrificially. He died on an old rugged cross for you. He shed His blood for you. You say, Percher, I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure if I'd die right now and go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning and right back down, and I pray for you. I'm not going to come to where you are. I wouldn't embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you by need. Please remember me in your prayers, preacher. I'm not sure I'm saved. I'll tell you something. Listen to me. If this is something you're struggling with, get it settled. Because life is brief. You might have tomorrow, but you might not. Get it settled before it's too late. You say, this morning I am saved, preacher. I've, I've trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I know that when I die, one day I'm going to go to heaven. Let me tell you something, church. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. What are you doing to reach the regions beyond? What are you doing to care about spiritual things? We talked about it in Sunday school this morning. Serve the Lord with gladness. With gladness. You know, it'd be a great thing if God's people acted like God's people. If God's people talked but as of, listen to what the scripture says, as of the oracles of God. And what comes out of our mouth is a blessing, not a curse. That is to edify and build one another, one another up, not tear each other down. Are those things important to you? They ought to be. If you claim to be a child of God, those things ought to be important to you. And we should strive to do them. Each and every day. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, piano playing. This morning, a hymn of invitation. Can I invite you to come? Well, God's burdened you in your heart about a certain thing, about a certain subject, about a certain person. Take it to the Lord. Pray and put it into His hands. You can plant and you can water, but only God can give the increase. Only God can save. If you need to come, for whatever reason, as the piano plays this morning, you come.
Amen. Good to see you this morning. Good to be here in the house, Lord. Make sure that you get back there in the foyer sign-up sheet. Fish fry. Uh, not 